Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful today that he broke the chains off my life many, many years ago. That old enemy do everything he can to try to put those chains back on you. But thank God today he's a chain breaker. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're faced with, God is a restoring God. I'm grateful for that today. You know, he loves each and every one of us. You know that today? He knows our steps. He knows where we've been. He knows He knows the path the Bible said that we take. How many knows today that he's just a sovereign enough God to take you at your worst and lead you back to your best in him? Amen. He's a sovereign enough God that he can guide you as he did in the old prodigal son back to the place where you belong in him. I've strayed a few times in my life in my walk with God. And I'm grateful to God that he didn't let me astray. He reached out. He went after that 99. Uh, left the 99 and went after that one. Amen. And I've been that one sometimes in my life. Anybody ever been that one in your life? He went out and found. And I'm grateful to God for that today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Stand as we read God's Word in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God. 1 Kings chapter 18. Look at somebody around you and tell them, I'm glad you're here today. I get beside myself. Today I ain't going to apologize for it. I just feel... God's presence in this place. 1 Kings chapter 18, I want to begin reading at verse 36 through verse 38. Three verses of Scripture found there. The Bible said, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, And he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. And this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought, touching some things that are important about Elijah's experience here. Let the fire fall. How many would say that this morning? Let the fire fall. God, let your fire fall in my life again. Lord, set your church ablaze again. God, set your people on fire again. Give them a zeal again. 
for the kingdom and glory of God, burdened for souls and ministry. Father, set us on fire in such a way that we would be the talk of the town. That the lost God could see the revelation of God through our lives and through our churches everywhere. Father, today let the fire fall as a representation of Jehovah God, our God, our creator, our Lord, and our King. Father, I pray that you'll let this word go forth into every heart and every life that would receive it. And Lord, that you would bless, Father, with salvation, healing, restoration, exhortation, refreshing, renewing every life in this place today. Let no one go untouched of your grace, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, and amen. As we begin to look into the scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 18, I want to take just a few moments uh, to set the stage here and to kind of let you see a parallel that God allowed me to see as to where we're living today. The Bible said that Ahab, in verse number 20, sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. The prophets of Baal had gathered there. There was a great question that day of who was truly God. I'm grateful today that I know who God is. But there are many people today that are not sure who God is. There are many today who think they know. There are many today who have had an experience with a spirit or a uh, thought or a, uh, uh, if you will, uh, opinion of a higher power, but they truly have not met the God of heaven and earth. As God has reached out to them time and time again, they continue in the narrative uh, of maybe what they've been taught or what they have been influenced by. And many today pray and sometimes in their prayers are really not even praying to the God of heaven and earth, but they're praying. Many times they're praying and they're not praying in the right purpose. They're not praying in the right heart. But in this particular day, we find a people that are wondering who the true God is. And Elijah, as they are discussing this, makes a statement unto them, and he says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. I can't tell you that some folks are following Baal in this generation that we're living in. I can't tell you a particular name, but I can tell you this. If you're not following God, uh, then you're following the enemy. If you're not following God, then you're following destruction. If you're not following God, you're following hopelessness. If you're not following God, you're following Oppression, suppression. If you're not following God, you're following after a form of godliness. And in that following, you deny the power of God thereof. 
He said if there be two opinions here, we need to decide if there's going to be one that we will determine to be God. And I believe in my spirit that Elijah knew in his heart, he knew in his spirit to in the direction in which he would go as God would guide him into this place that would reveal who God was. How many want God to do something in you that would reveal who God is in your life and reveal who God is in the lost and reveal who God is in your community? I want them to know who God is on Capitol Hill. I want them to know who God is in these third world countries, amen, to God, where there's so much oppression and so many, amen, have been, in, in, have been overcome by spiritual wickedness and darkness. He come out of us I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. I wish God and desire God to reveal himself in such a way that he would be glorified in my life. I believe Elijah knew what he was doing. Amen. He was not confused about the course of action he was taking to call them into a place of decision. And the people would not even answer him a word. And Elijah said, I alone am left the prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Have you ever felt outnumbered in this world? Come on, somebody. Yeah, he's 450 men there. He said, let's get two bulls and let's choose one, one for you and one for me and, and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and, and put no fire under it, but I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it and you can call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of my Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. Elijah knew exactly what he was doing, amen. You don't go to a place to where you call boldly that kind of decision. You don't make that kind of decision without great faith. Amen? Oh, we need people of great faith to rise up again. Amen? To begin to stand flat-footed facing the enemy, knowing in your heart that God is God and you don't have to be ashamed, disappointed, or fearful that God will move on your behalf. Amen. Touch somebody. Tell them, I know God. He's got my back. Amen. Elijah knew God had his back. He didn't show up. Amen. To, to bring them to a place of decision, thinking that God may or may not show up. Elijah knew God had his back. Somebody needs to know this morning in your heart that God has your back. You need to know he's got the back of you, your family, your church. Amen. There's nothing that God has, has let escape his sight or his protection. God has got you. His word is an underlaying of the foundation of what I wish somebody would shout amen. If God didn't have your back, you wouldn't be here right now. If God didn't have your back, you'd have stayed in the bed this morning covered up with the sheets. You thought you got out here and made your way here on your own, but God had your back. Amen. He got you up and gave you the strength to make every step to get to your car and to drive to this sanctuary today. God had your back. If God didn't have your back, you wouldn't be able to praise him. 
in the middle of your storm. Somebody ought to know God's got your back. Somebody's here today and you're going through hell. But God has got your back. You I said, God's got your back. Some of you, amen, have been going through some things, but God's got your back. Some of you, amen, didn't even feel like lifting your voice to heaven, but God's got your back. I wish somebody would give the king of glory praise. God's got your back. My God's got your back. Happy birthday, brother. God's give you another year. God's got your back. I don't care what's happening around you. I don't care about the doubters. God's got your back. Give me that kind of faith. There are times in my life I remember when I had so much faith. To the world, I sounded crazy. Come on now. I went to church and went to some revivals. And there have been times I was on the other side of the coin looking up thinking, my God, my goodness, they're spiritual. You reckon they're just putting on? I mean, how many people speak in tongues that often? I don't do it all the time, but I feel like I could speak in tongues till Jesus come right now. You believe, I was on the other side of the corner, I looked at you believe that anybody can be that spiritual? But I didn't realize it wasn't that they were being spiritual. It was that they had faith to believe that God was who he said he was. And they were not ashamed to let the spirit of God move in their life and on their life and through their life. They had enough boldness and faith that if the spirit gave the utterance, they were gonna speak in tongues if everybody around them looked over and made faces at them because it was God. They had enough faith to prophesy even if the enemy was gonna rise up and say, oh, there ain't no way that that's God. They had enough faith. Come on, somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. They had enough faith to let God rise up in them no matter what was going on around them. Hey, somebody ought to know today that if a God had Elijah's back, he'll have your back. If God... I started out to win this race, to serve the Lord. And to look upon his face. I'm not, I'm not apologizing. I feel something up in here. When the way gets hard and the times get tough, I know there's one thing for sure. I got my mind made up. 
Why is this? Because I know he's got my back. He had my back, amen, when I went through divorce. He had my back, amen, with a, come on, somebody. When everybody turned their back on me, he had my back. He had, hey, why did he have my back? Because I had enough faith to say that God is God, whether I'm sick or whether I'm whole, whether I'm single or whether I'm married, whether I'm going through hell or whether I'm on the mountain, he's got my back. It doesn't change who he is. He's still God today. They were after Elijah. Amen. And Elijah and Ahab, they were under controversy as they stood in the midst of all this opposition. Some people quit because they're outnumbered. Come on, somebody. Some people let the numbers influence them. Four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal and a man of God. He didn't he didn't have a congregation of folks standing before him that was ready to Give glory to God. He didn't have a congregation of folks there with him that was ready to stand with him and praise the Lord and to give glory to God. As a matter of fact, he had a hostile group when it came to their faith. He was the one, only one stood there believing that God had his back. They have been pastors that have been outnumbered. There have been council members that have been outnumbered. There have been sheep that have been outnumbered. Congregational members that have been outnumbered. And because they were outnumbered, if they were going to make it through and get through, they had to give in. Say, I don't want to lose my check. So let me find out the protocol. Y'all ain't mad. My wife said, Amen. You better find out what the protocol is. <laughs> Baby got to have milk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They want to know what the protocol is. They got to give in. They, 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 they don't want to buck against the majority. Because if they buck against the majority, you know, well, if this thing don't turn out good, you know, they, they could kill me. Or better less, they can, they can make my life miserable. I, I don't think Elijah thought about this, but, but I thought about it as I read it. I wondered, because I've seen so many people, they would stand for God until they were outnumbered. They'd get outnumbered, and then they'd, well, you know, I just don't believe. And then we, you get outnumbered in the conference room. You get outnumbered at the state levels. Oh, preacher, you about to mess up now. 
we got people just get outnumbered. Well, now, well, now, how do you know they got outnumbered? Because some uh, denominations now, the Catholic Church, and up, they're, 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 they're approving same-sex marriage. They're getting, they're getting outnumbered now. They're getting outnumbered now. The Methodist church is struggling with it. I want to go ahead and tell you that the Pentecostal church uh, uh, at some point, if the church of God have, will probably be challenged with that. What are we going to do when we're outnumbered in the conference room? What are we going to do? When we're, what, what, are we, what are we waiting on, preacher? What, what are we waiting on to take a stand? We're waiting on the right moment and the right place and the right time. Amen. And when that time comes, we got to get our eyes off the 450 prophets of Baal. And we got to make a decision. There's going to come a place and a time in our life when we got to make a decision. Am I going to let those that I'm outnumbered by stop me? from standing as Elijah did? Am I worried more about my check than I am his fire? Am I worried more about what's... Come on, somebody. Am I worried more about how I'm going to make it through this than I am what he's going to do in the midst of my obedience? I want to let somebody know today that it does not matter if you're outnumbered or not. It only matters that you are willing to stand as Elijah did and know that the same God who saved you, sanctified you, and filled you with the Holy Ghost is the same God that'll keep you through it all. Tell somebody today the devil can't win. He can't win today, but he wants you to think he can. Stage has been set. And all he can do is what the Lord will allow. I promise you now, I thank God we, we, got, we got leadership here and we've got a church here that we're not outnumbered because we're in a, in a good place. Everybody, everybody is plugging along saying, God, your will be done. But I promise you the enemy wants to crowd up some folks around you that get you outnumbered. And what are you going to do when you get outnumbered? We don't have church tonight, so let, let me give me another hour. Some of our kids are going to school outnumbered. Some of you going to work outnumbered. And some of you know when you work 12-hour shifts, the spirit gets weak. The flesh gets tired. But you still got to stand for Jesus. When you go to school, young folks, I want you to get an, a, 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 a true picture of this right now in your spirit. And I want you to see this clearly. You're going to be outnumbered if you stand for Jesus. But you're only going to win if you do. Let me say that again. You may go into that school outnumbered. But if you don't stand for Jesus, 
That crowd will mold you and make you into what the world wants you to be and what the enemy wants you to be. But Jesus is the only source of fire that can purify and can Oh, the devil's trying to get people hooked on crack. We're trying to get them hooked on Jesus. While the devil's trying to drag them, amen, into liquor stores and bars and get them drunk on the world, amen, to God. We're trying to get them drunk on the Holy Ghost because there ain't no high like the most high. There is You may be outnumbered when you get around folks that say, hey, why don't you try this? Oh, it'll make you feel so good. Look them dead in the eye and say, why don't you try Jesus? Amen. He'll make you feel so good and he'll be a source of strength for your life. Can I go ahead and tell somebody? It don't cost you a dime. You don't have to borrow $20 and $40 and break into anybody's house to find him. You can fall on your knees and you can find him. He is a sort. Do you feel what I feel? He's a source. Some of you get so addicted, amen, to what the world has for you that they'll rob, steal, and do everything. But thank God today we have a Lord who is very present in our life. I don't have to break into anything. I just fall before him and say, Lord, here I am. Outnumbered? Nah. It just looks that way. You're not outnumbered when you're on the Lord's side. You're never outnumbered when you're on the Lord's side. This sermon did not go anywhere where I thought it was going. Let me share this with somebody. If you could only see the enlisted angels that God has sent forth to protect your life. Come on, somebody. Somebody might not be here today had God not dispatched angels in your life. We need to pray because we don't know what our children will face, what our young people will face. We don't know the temptations coming, but I believe the same God who dispatch angels can dispatch, amen, a meeting or a point of transformation and that angel can stand right in the middle of it all and break up what the devil is trying to do in your children's life. We need to pray that God would dispatch angels again. We're not outnumbered. Amen. There are legions of angels that are ready to move at the command of God. Can somebody give him glory? Woo. 
I believe Elijah knew this. Got to quickly move. They were out there doing their thing, boy. Cut that bull up, and they began to call out to their God. From that morning till noon, they kept calling out. Oh, Elijah, settled in his faith. Look at somebody say, get settled in your faith. Don't come to me on Sunday shouting, I believe God's got me preaching then on Monday. Get settled in your faith. Boy, all the noise going on, there they are. They're trying to get their God to answer them. Noon comes around. Elijah said, whoa, y'all need to cry a little louder. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's left for a little while, gone to sleep. I don't know. Maybe maybe something's happened here, but y'all need to do something because he's not listening to you. I believe he just sat back there and just grinned. Amen. This is equivalent to religion without God. This is equivalent to coming to church, sitting on a pew, and never getting involved. This is equivalent, amen, to going through the religious motions, but never tuning in and surrendering fully to God. You surrender to something, but it ain't God. Help me, Jesus. And he's just sitting back there grinning. And they they kept on till that evening, till the evening sacrifice. Nothing happened. They were cutting themselves, bleeding all over the altar. Nothing happened. I just said, okay, that's enough. I done had enough of this. How many's had enough? I've had enough of sitting back watching the world tell me and my family and other people how that we ought to be and who we ought to worship. I know who I'm worshiping and I ain't backing up. I ain't turning it over. I'm going to remain faithful in the midst of it all. He's God on this platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. He's God in my house. He's God on my job. Somebody ought to give him praise as you stand to your feet right now. Hope you all feel what I feel. I feel his Holy Spirit. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this church as usual. I've had enough of this. Well, it's always been this way. How long do you think the prophets of Baal were doing what they were doing? Why don't we try doing something unto the Lord for a change? I've had enough of this. Elijah told him, said, go gather, gather 12 stones. Representation of the tw- tribes of Israel and the sons of Jacob. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar. Let me go ahead and tell somebody today, your altar is not just here. You need an altar in your home. If you have to put it in your backyard, 
if you have to make it in your shop, if you have to make it by your bed, make you an altar of prayer. Make you an altar of prayer. They made an altar. And the Bible said he took the wood and he put it in order, laid it there, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the ground and said, fill the water pots with water. And as they did that, he said, pour it on the sacrifice. He did it. Then he said, pour four more water pots on it again. Second time. Then he did it again a third time. And the water ran all the way in the trench around the altar. And he said, fill the trench with water. And it was full. Everything was soaked. I mean, the sacrifice was soaked down with water. Watered down religion. Watered down praise. Watered down service. We need the fire of God to fall all over our watered down lives. God help us. Preacher, you judging me. No, I'm not. I'm preaching what God's given me. The truth of the matter is, as you can tell sometimes, that the wood is wet. I had a preacher tell me one time, if you don't believe that, your wood's wet. If you don't believe God can heal you, your wood's wet. If you don't feel the Holy Spirit of God moving during this worship, your wood's wet. Well, he's got a point. Has your wood ever been wet? Tell somebody, say, yeah, mine has. Mine has. Mine has. Come on now, somebody. I've went days and sometimes months, my wood was wet. I needed God to move. I needed the fire of God. I needed something to happen that was bigger than me because I couldn't dry the water up. It was wet, 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 wet. That's a miserable place to be. Because when you're wet, you want everybody else to be wet. Come on, somebody. You don't want nobody to, to dry out where they can catch on fire. When you're wet, you want everybody else to be wet. When you're miserable, you want everybody else to be miserable. Let me go. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. And Elijah came after he built the altar and the water was there and they had the sacrifice prepared and it was watered down. He said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, he didn't want there to be any mistake. Make no mistake about it. I serve God, but let me go ahead and be a little more specific. He's a God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Let it be, be a little more specific. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the creator of all that you see. When he prayed, he prayed specifically to God. 
I want you, when you bow down your head, don't just pray like you're praying to the floor or that you're praying into empty space. Engage in your mind in who you're praying to and then God will connect your heart to him. He is God of your life. He is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, when you're praying, pray to the deity of all heaven and earth. Oh God, help me. And he said, let it be known this day. Let it be known this day that you are God and nobody else. I want all it don't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat. It don't matter who you are. I want everybody who don't believe that he is God to know that he is. Because when they know that he's God, then, then we won't halt between two opinions again. He said, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. And I am your servant. He acknowledged two things. He was God and that he was God's servant. And then he goes on to say, I've done all these things at your word. Everything Elijah did in the course of this experience caused him to come to this place of decision. But it was God who was leading him. This is what I'm saying. Can you be so near to God that in your prayer life you can pray for things that you know without a doubt God's going to do? Amen? Elijah knew. You think he just did that just to be embarrassed? No, he heard from God. Oh, we need more people that are tuning into God in such a way that they know when they pray that it's not just asking if God will. They're praying and they know that God is going to do it. I've had those moments where the Holy Spirit has given me that word of knowledge to where you know. Now, God don't show us everything, but there are things that God will show us. If God had showed us everything, then Elijah wouldn't have run off and, and got depressed after all Jezebel rose up and he took off on the run. Woo! God didn't show him everything, but he showed him this day. He said, I'm doing this at your word. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire fell. What is it going to take for the fire to fall again? To acknowledge him as the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To have a relationship with him, which is more than just your attendance at church, your prayer over your meal at the house, and your listening to gospel music. 
You got to have a relationship with him. They didn't have gospel channels back then for Elijah. They didn't have preaching on the airwaves. They didn't have all this, but he had something greater. He had a relationship with God in which he could tune in and he could have a discernment of God and the word of God in his life that when he prayed, he could stand before a crowd being outnumbered and declare that the Lord would have his back. We need to know that again today that when we're living our lives Monday through Sunday, that every day he is the Lord of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, I am his servant, and at his word, I will obey, and his fire will fall in my life. Glory to the Lamb of God. I want you every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. I know this was a little lengthy, but I want to ask somebody today, how many are ready for the fire to fall? in your life how many ready for God to manifest himself through you and through your church how many today God has spoken to your heart and you, you've been enlightened today and you said I'm not leaving the same way that I come up in here I'm going to leave with a different mindset and a different view I need the fire of God to fall in my life I want the fire of God in my home. I want the fire. What is the fire of God? It's literally the manifestation of God's power, His presence, and all the gifts of the operating through the Spirit moving through your life and through your family, through your church. I need the fire. to. John said, hey, can I say this? John said there's one coming whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch. He shall baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let the fire come. What will the fire do? It'll help sanctify you. And it'll manifest who he is. It'll burn up the shaft. And it'll purify Oh, God, help us. Help us today. How many said that's my desire today, preacher? I want God's fire to fall in my life. If that's you today, I want you to make your way out of your pew where you're at and let's come and stand before his altar today and say, God, I'm not ashamed in the midst of the crowd. I may be outnumbered on my job or in my home or, or, or maybe even in other places I go, but I want to be like Elijah. I want to stand and I want the fire of God to fall. I'm your servant. You're my God. I want to be obedient to you. I need the fire of God to fall. Lord, as these are coming today, they're not coming, Father, just to just to humor me or just to, to humor you, Lord, or just to say, I've come to the altar. They've come to say, Lord, I need your fire. I need your presence. It's my desire. I won't go back. I'm not going to turn loose until you bless me, Lord. I want more of you. I need more of you. I need your fire in my life. Lord, I'm a shandola basandaya. 
Hallelujah. Sanctify me and fill me, Lord, with your Holy Ghost and with fire. I want more of you and less of me. God, I thank you. Holy Ghost of God today, let your fire fall. 